Welcome to Your Adventure Podcast, a motivational podcast without the screaming. A hosted, unedited conversation with guests from all walks of life, sharing their own personal journey, showing that everyone has different outlooks on life, choice of career, and that success looks different for everyone. Get ready to be inspired and be enlightened of how we all have similar journeys and thoughts. Anything is possible. This is Your Adventure Podcast, and this is Dustin Emery. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Your Adventure Podcast, and this is your host as always, Dustin Emery, and today I got one of the homies in the studio, uh, Andy Gutierrez. How's it going, man? Yes, sir. How's it going, man? Glad to be here. Yeah, man. It This has been, what, months in the making, I think? It really has been. It really you know, has been. We've, we've been talking about it a little bit, and you know, things come up naturally as they do, but... No, I know. I understand. You uh, you got just as much going as I do, yes, which, sir. which sucks. That's a good thing, though. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. We're headed uh, in the right direction. Yeah, trying to get out of certain jobs. I know you still got the the old job that I used to have. I know. Yes, sir, Jensen, going strong. <laughs> how many, I just, how I many actually, years is it now? Yeah, I was about to say I actually just got my um, my little notice. You know, the little meetings we do, the quarterly meetings. I just got my. Did you uh, get a pen? Is that what it is? Apparently not, bro. Apparently now it's the jacket for five years. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say anything to, uh, you know, some of the people that have been there prior. Yeah, for longer? You know, the, usually the 10-year ten the 10-year uh, reward is that jacket, that yeah. nice old Jensen jacket. See, before before I quit, I got the pen. Really? Yeah, I got the pen. Yeah. Which, which is fine. I, I use it. It's a good pen. I'm not going to yeah, nice knock it. It's tri-colored. You feeling red today, blue yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, I'm not going to knock it, but I think it's funny that took five years for me to get a pen yeah but i got emailed by um one of the hr people asking for my jacket size nice i was like oh okay all right i was gonna say you started probably what like a year after me maybe yeah i started Did we all start say the same time you think? i think 2000 it was like august of 2015 it was right when literally the second job i applied for when i moved here from texas yeah i was gonna say you had just come to california really yeah huh? i applied for big five <clears throat> and they literally like a day after emailed me like sorry we're not gonna you know take you yeah and i was like wow really like the big five warehouse yeah i think wow. they were looking for more um, warehouse experience i had no warehouse experience oh. previous to that you know um coming from a small town there's just not warehouses out there but warehouse really isn't that hard to pick up That's so i never saying. understood like, like warehouses who turn down people for no warehouse experience yeah this, i'm like it's not that hard to pick up it seems like the type of job that is like the most entry level yeah if you're just gonna work um, do what you got to do to make money. Like that's like it's a good starter job for someone who's never had a job. Exactly. Yeah. And then so, I applied for Big Five, and then it got shut down immediately. And then I literally applied here, mm-hmm. or Jensen. And as soon as I applied for Jensen, um, my dad was like, "Hey, man, you got to get a because we, you know, Big Five had already emailed me saying, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't want to hire me." My dad's like, you got to get uh, certified for forklifts. So oh. then I went, I got, you know, like three different types of forklift certifications. Did you really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, the, the standing one, the like the cherry picker, I mm. think. The riding pallet jack, which is like hardcore. Those, dude, yeah, those yeah. are crazy. And like, honestly, you should have, that should be its own thing because there was people there 
doing training for the riding pallet jack mm. like it's electronic it has a throttle and everything yeah. this is one where you're standing right but it's you're driving at the same time right you're not or even no? driving bro you're literally it's like you're holding a regular pallet jack but okay you're standing on it and it has a motor and a throttle yeah okay and dude there was a there was a, a lady there that the poor young lady did she mess just, it up dude just knocking into everything and like whiskey throttle <laughs> oh no i'm like bro this should not be legal right now yeah yeah but um so i got certified and everything and then the next day um our boss or your old boss but yeah. our boss yeah uh had called me and he was just like you know we want you to come in you come in for an interview and then mm. i went in and i got the job on the spot Dang. they walked me through and they said uh, mm. can you start tomorrow and i was like oh yeah all right so you've basically been out here in California for since you've gotten a job. So five years. You've only yeah. been in California five years. It Isn't seems that longer. Crazy, bro? It seems longer. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you've been here for like I don't know. You seem so natural to Cali. So I'm just like, oh, like ten years probably. Yeah, and I think that I can um, attribute that to like you know both of my parents are from Inglewood. They're originally from Mexico. Mm-hmm. I'm first generation Mexican American. Um, both of them are from Mexico, but they both grew up basically from like their later adolescent years to to now mm-hmm. you know when they were like 20 or so um they grew up in inglewood my dad graduated from inglewood high oh wow um and it's i feel like they've always had like a california mindset mm-hmm. in in terms of like like the lib you know i want to say i don't want to say liberal type because that means a whole new thing yeah now. yeah but i know you, you know mean. back the old school liberal you know they're very uh I mean, they have their conservative outlooks and stuff, but they're very, um, you know, multicultured, mm-hmm. used to all that stuff. So it's like, I kind of always grew up, I wouldn't say laissez-faire type style, but very open-minded, mm. especially where I came from. You know, it's very conservative, small town, Texas. you know, one way of thinking type, you know, right up the Bible belt type, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> environment. But uh uh, we've always had that kind of like open-mindedness mm-hmm. and i think that kind of goes with the the california lifestyle that it people does. attribute it to you know because there's all kinds of people out here in california and texas it's like it's one type yeah yeah 100 percent. it is is it, which is changing now especially you go to like austin mm-hmm. uh dallas fort worth you know even like the 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 bigger cities now like louisville that are starting to grow it's a lot less of that changing with the times yeah mm-hmm. exactly I mean, it's uh, it's either it's either a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes I feel like on progress. Yeah, it's progress. I think for anybody, even probably well, the entire United States is always scary. It is, and that's that's part of like I noticed um, before I moved from Texas. That's a big thing. Like I would tell friends and stuff. You know, I'm about to. I think I'm about to move to California. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. No, you, bro, you ain't moving to California. Like literally home like really good friends mm. bro you're not going nowhere stop whatever bro you're not oh so basically they were saying like oh you're gonna be in this town forever maybe yeah, yeah maybe yeah. not even in the town but like it is like people think you're just not gonna leave especially because yeah. you know texas everyone has their own pride mm-hmm. about their state you know this is texas everyone says you know texas could be its own country mm-hmm. that was big enough they've tried i think Really? <laughs> oh, i don't know about I, that. I think especially <laughs> lately i know like they have a whole it's a republic of texas you know they can I, th- I think I could be wrong, but mm. I think they can secede from the nation if they really want to. That's funny that you said that. Cause California, I'm, too, I think. Yeah. No, it's funny that you said that because I remember, oh, man, this was probably like 
Mm, six months ago, I saw this like so. I know me and you are really into conspiracy theories, so I saw this funny. <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true. But yeah. um, I know I saw this video on YouTube, and this guy literally broke down how like each state could uh, what's the word subside secede secede from the United States. Like yeah. he broke down how each state could do it, and I was like, dude, what the hell? Yeah, I was I like, I didn't even know that was a thing. So I like, <laughs> yeah, bro, I didn't even know a state could do that. So. I remember watching the video and he got to California and I just started thinking like, dude, what if we really did that? And California became its own thing. I was like, that's nuts. California is already nuts. Yeah. So I'm just trying to imagine if we became our own country. Like, yeah. that's crazy. I think the thing with Texas, the difference where I, I think Texas would work out better than California is that California has way more diversity. I, I think personally. Mm. So you mean too many opinions? And I don't, and I'm, yeah. And I don't mean by like, race or um whatever other diversifications are i think i i mean more like uh like you said ideologues or like mm. pol or politics mm. i think california is like it's a melting pot way too much stuff. baggage of like if we became our own state it might be the end or our own country it might be the end bro it <laughs> might, might be the end for california further yeah, into yeah different states you know oh now it would be different cities in california yeah like seceding. how <laughs> how are you gonna get someone from you know northern California to agree with someone true. that's living in you know LA. Beverly Hills. Well, that's true because up north there's know? still a lot of land. It's different and, mentality, and it's, and it's weed country too. A lot of it, Humboldt uh, yeah. or not Humboldt, Humboldt. Yeah, I said humble, but I think less people too. When you when you deal with less people on a per basis, yeah, you know interactions, um, you're gonna have more consideration. I mean, even like I just recently went to Texas for a wedding. We were mm. talking about it before. Yeah. And um, my girlfriend right now, she, I don't know why I said right now, but <laughs> my life. Or... Damn, girl, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is this is your notice. Nah, nah, nah. nah I'm nah. just playing. That, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see. No, nah, I'm just playing. No, nah, no. Nah, she's good. she's the one for sure. Oh, okay. But uh, shout out Zai. But um, she had never been to Texas and she has, she's currently like, she's going to go for a PhD and stuff. So, you know, a potential school could be in Texas, like Mm. Baylor or, you know, something of that sort. And so she wanted to go to see what it was like. And that's the first thing she noticed is that people, she said, people seem to be a lot more, um, not, what's the word? Uh, Close-minded? Wholesome. Oh, wholesome. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's some of that too. Yeah, I get what you mean. But like wholesome and like, you know your conversations are different you're because it seems i think when you're out here in california especially the the sheer volume mm-hmm. changes interactions daily you think also less friendly yeah yeah texas i would i would think it's more friendly that's why that she southern, means by wholesome that's southern hospitality yeah. son. <clears throat> there's i agree with you on that because i mean la in general like you know um i always tell people who who don't go to la very often or like people some family who come from other states I'm like, when you drive in L.A., like, don't worry about being an asshole because you have to be. <laughs> Bro, you have to you be. you can't drive like a nice person in L.A. I still drive like a nice you person. You can't do bro. it. Because, like, every time I go to a Laker game, like, there's always problems on that gotta, freeway oh, getting dude, in. So I'm just like, okay, like, you have to drive like an asshole because yeah. everyone else is going to. Yeah, my, my parking spot when I go to L.A. games... The yeah. Laker games, you know, everyone has their spots. I got a good spot too. What's I got spot? my spot. I don't remember the street name, bro. I literally just know how to get there off of knowing how to get there. Is it by Rited or no? No, okay. it's really close to the stadium. And mm-hmm. to this day, the last time I went, still, I went to LA to uh, me and my girl just went to go, you know, eat, walk mm-hmm. around, you know, go do the LA stuff. 
um, I noticed the parking's still free. Mm. And oh, it's wow. in the cut, dude. It's and all I remember is that there's like three hand peace signs that are mm. different skin tones, and it's I guess you know that mm. type of thing. It's like a mural, mm. but it's like right on that parking lot. And I just if you go if you do your rounds like going to, like blocks around mm. where the stadium's at, it's like two blocks away from the stadium. Also, oh, Staples Center. Yeah. See, I always park on uh, in this like apartment complex uh, building structure because they also do parking, and it's eight dollars. Oh, this is, and uh, this is it's great. on Hope Street, which is like two streets over from Staples Center, like that Figueroa Street mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I always park there, but <laughs> just leave with no hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But yeah, well, here in Cali now, five years making the rounds. Yes, um, sir. So let's talk about let's talk about that first dream. That oh you yeah, had. I know what you do. I know what you're working towards now. And we'll we'll get into that. Yes, sir. But I'm sure what you're working towards now is not something you thought not about at as all. a kid. No, not even close. So what do you think? <clears throat> well, I'm also, you know, I'm one of those those boys, like almost every other boy. You got a million things you want to do when yeah. you're a kid. The first, the very first I can remember, which I know super common, is, um, you know, you play sports. Mm-hmm. You want to be a professional athlete. Yeah. Especially in a small town, there's not a lot of talents. So mm-hmm. for a while you have the 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 thought like oh I can make it you I'm can better be the than one. I'm better than all these kids you know mm-hmm. and then you meet those people that you're like okay I probably won't and mm-hmm. then also I I was very short and in my sport was basketball like yours you know mm-hmm. and um, that I think one of the things that I let get into my head as a young kid was that a lot of people told me basketball is not it you're too short mm-hmm. you got to be tall to play basketball. And <clears throat> unfortunately, I think I let that, you know, seep in a lot mm-hmm. um, because I would have less confidence playing, you know, in games and stuff. Growing up, you, you start getting less confident when uh, even when coaches like don't really necessarily believe in you. Yeah. You know, or they have a cap on your potential. You're going to have no other option but to cap your own potential. So I think by the time I was like a freshman in high school, I'm like, I'm pretty short. How tall like, are you as a freshman? As Did a freshman, know? I was about uh, about five five, a buck thirty, soaking wet with boots on. How tall are you now? I feel like you're not that short. How tall no, are you? No, I'm my last physical. I was basically five eleven. I'm like five ten and three quarters. Okay. I take five eleven. I own it. You know, I okay. tell people five eleven until yeah, someone that's say, six foot. When like, we stand next to each other, I'm like, hey, you're not that short. I know, and then I, you know, I think a lot of people notice that too. That yeah, that I haven't seen in a long time. They're like, dude, you're you're, you're taller. taller now. Yeah, you yeah. got taller. I think I'm above the average for sure, but um. So whenever I kind of got it in my head that, you know, maybe basketball is not it. <laughs> mm-hmm. At 5'5". Five, five. Yeah, 5'5". Five, five you're a point a guard freshman. for sure with that height. Yeah, I was. And dude, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I was pretty nice. But I just had this overall, even like during games, I would just have it in my head like there's no point. I was really laid back. So you doubted yourself even in a game? I think subconsciously I doubted myself. Mm. So, but because there's, you know, there's moments where you're like, you watch film and you're like, man, why am I just like standing there? Yeah, yeah. Like, why am I? I think subconsciously I had just this inner mantra, like, you know, what's you, you shouldn't apply yourself completely because it's what's like, the point? what's the point type yeah, yeah. stuff. So, you know, that was kind of my whole sports mantra until I realized, you know, it's just, it's just a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the way there, there was another thing that, you know, when I was at also at a pretty young age, probably first or second grade, 
um, my parents would always tell me, and it kind of made me think this, that I would talk so much. Okay. I was a big talker when I was little. I would I would talk to random people. Like, we go on vacation, I'm talking on the plane to a stranger That's the what whole I did. time. Yeah, and then I would argue all the time. Oh, like, you'd argue? I would have all these points I would make, and I, I was always, not like aggressively, just like, I would never let things go to rest. So my parents would always be like, man, you're going to be a lawyer. Oh, okay. And in my, in my head, when I was little, you know, I was like, I, I ate that up. You know, yeah. every time I have conversations and I'd start arguing with my brother, so I'm like, well, I'm going to be a lawyer. So y'all ain't even ready. I'll win these You're arguments. You're not ready. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that was the thing that I actually held on to. For even in high school, I was like, you know, I can go to law school. I, I know I'm good at talking and like mm. trying to see things through to the end. I think that's where my consp- inner conspiracy mm. lover yeah. comes in. Yeah, yeah. I, I like seeing things to the end. Um, and so that was that was the thing I wanted to do. Um, for most of my adolescence and, you know, I, I was like, I had my mindset on, I want to become a lawyer. And then as you get, you know, towards your senior year in high school, things start changing. You, you know, start thinking, <clears throat> you start actually thinking like, oh man, you know, cause I did dual credit my sophomore year, my junior year. Oh, that's um, smart. So I got, I, I got some classes done and I was always in the mindset of like, this is going to apply to, you know, when I go to law school or something. But once I started thinking like that and actually putting in perspective, I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm. Like I was looking at, you know, you read about the degree you want to pursue. You read about the work you got to put in. You and realize at the, how at, hard it is sometimes for some. Yeah. And I've, I've always had like a really good understanding of myself. Like I could always gauge how much I actually wanted to do something. Mm. And and even if I had to do it, I would always know, I would be telling myself in my head, like, I don't want to do this. You know, that was a lot of school, a lot of school. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle with this is that you don't get the guidance on how to like set goals when mm. you're young, mm. unless you just have a really good, you know, like some people have a, a great coach in their life, yeah. through sports that kind of changes. Them. And this is no knock on my parents whatsoever. They, you know, they're great. Great parents, I would never change them for the world. Mm-hmm. There's just certain things that you have to learn on your own that mm-hmm. you might not get the chance to learn from your parents. Yeah, and you know you can't you can't ask that of your parents either. Yeah, you know they're not they're not all knowing. They're also learning life as they go. You know, mm-hmm. and so um, I just at some point or another, I was just knocking things down. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And it it gets to the point where you're kind of running out of options. Mm. And then, so then your mind goes back to, well, what am I going to make money in? Mm-hmm. So immediately, you know, talking to friends that are older too, I always had older friends that were, you know, they're already in college. I'm still a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. So they're telling me like, hey man, marketing, accounting, mm-hmm. all this, like it's boring, but you know, if you're smart, money. if you're smart, that's where the money's at. Yeah. Um, it's and true. Then, yeah. It, it's like, it's true. realistically, that's, and I think that's a large percentage of people in the, in the workforce are people that are just money driven, you know? Oh yeah. I had plenty of, uh, you know, not, not to, uh, stop the conversation, but just to reiterate your point is that a lot of people that I'm in school with mm-hmm. and when we were having like physical classes, you know, we always had conversations like, Oh, like, what are you majoring in? And a lot of them were like, oh, I'm doing accounting, I'm doing marketing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Then my next question was always, oh, is that like something you love? Like, is that something you <laughs> want to do, you know, for your life? Yeah. And they're like, hell no. She, they're like, no one does. They're like, I hate it. And I'm like, well, why are you doing it? Because I'm going to make a lot of money in it. And yeah. I'm like, ah. in my head, I always go the opposite direction. Like, if I'm going to do something for the rest of my life, I don't want to be miserable. Yeah. You know, but 
And it's weird because you, you talk to people that don't have that mindset and they, they're aware of it, mm-hmm. that they know they're not doing something they love. They yeah. know they're going to hate their job. Yeah. But, you know, it's just how you prioritize your happiness. Mm-hmm. And some people that's just... It's, it's the money. money over the emotional connection. And I get it. Don't get me wrong, man. Like, if you feel that you don't know what you want to do, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong. If you can put up with it mentally, there's nothing wrong with doing something you don't love to make the money. And it might give you time to pursue something you love, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But I know for me personally, I, I have a crazy mind where mm-hmm. I can't shut it off at night. I can't, I can't uh, reason with it. If if I have a, a thought that's like you don't love this, but you're doing it every day, that's gonna eat at me like a hundred percent. Which it partially does sometimes. You know, sometimes you work the jobs you work. Yeah, there's a moment. Yeah, yeah and there's always a moment. I know. A hundred percent. But you gotta sometimes you gotta like reason with yourself like you're the devil. <laughs> like like hey man, just yeah. You know, you have this inner monologue that's just like, why are you doing this every day? Why mm-hmm. are you doing this every day? And then you have another inner monologue that's like, you got to get that money. You got to, you know, you got to take care of yourself. You got to do all these things. Mm-hmm. And so you got to really reason with yourself mentally. Otherwise, you're going to start, it's going to, you're going to have like almost this, um, this leak of brain power mm-hmm. or like this leak of like mental focus that's not going to get applied to anything. You know, it's just going to be there seeping out of you. And if you don't, you know, you got to really work, work those things out mentally. Mm. So that's why I'm, I'm, you know, I've stayed at the same and I've had this conversation with people tons of times and they're like, you're crazy. I've stayed, I've had this job that I work since I moved to California. Yeah. I think I've actually spent more time at this job and probably in my else. life in California than, than anywhere else. Yeah. And to me, it's like, for one, there's no point in looking at it as a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Because no matter how you get anywhere in your life, that's, you know, that's the route you take. Mm -hmm. And there's no, I don't think there's any headspace for regret. Mm. So I'm already at this point now with the same job. I'm only going to take the positives out. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I think I hear the dog in the background. Anyways. Yeah. I was was wondering what that was. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, you're good. I didn't know if you were like breathing crazy. No, no, no. (laughs) I wasn't breathing crazy. I heard it too and I was like, oh crap. Yeah. That's okay. Keep going. That's how you know this is real, bro. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, um... I don't, I, you know, you only can take the positives from that. So this is literally, I just look at my job as a stepping stone. It's, it's, if I work at my job thinking this is a waste of time, I'm mm. not going to apply myself a hundred percent. And I think or you'll quit or you'll quit. try to find a, like a newer, um, what's the saying? Like a, the, a newer piece of grass cause it's greener. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, but for me, I'm content, you know? This this workplace, even though you, you always have things you don't like about jobs. Yeah. But, like, the positives I take out of it, they work with my schedule very well. I'm a college student, you know? I, I'm tired of being a college student, but <laughs> I'm a college student. Yeah. And um, they, they've made all the schedule changes I've needed, and I can't, you know, not a lot of places do that. No, definitely not. Not a lot of places do that. So that's that's been a really big thing for me, that they've... Honestly, they've always been there for me. Hmm. Anytime I have things that come up in my life where I feel like I need to take off work, like almost every time they give me the day off. Hmm. No questions asked. And then if it is like a lot of consecutive days, they've, you know, is everything okay yeah, type they... stuff. So um, that's fine, you know. <laughs> but uh, when when I was, when I moved here and I'm like, I got to go to school, I got to pursue the things. I was still, my first major um 
was marketing mm -hmm. because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. So as soon as, and honestly, my, my high school counselor did not help. Oh, why? Anything like, I don't know if maybe she was spread out too thin, you mm. know, God bless her heart. She's a high school counselor. You know, she probably has the best intentions for all the students that go, go see her, mm. but we had one mm. and yeah, for the whole I, school. Yeah. I graduated yeah. with 86. My graduating class was 86 people to put oh, in wow, terms. how small. small. Yeah, yeah that's bro. small. I'm talking like maybe I've probably yeah. known the same people from kindergarten to senior year. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like, for example, the dating pool, mm -hmm. you, you know, I didn't want to date nobody at my high school because mm -hmm. they were basically like almost like siblings. Yeah. Um, but so the counselor, you know, she, even though it's a small school, if you think about it, she had 86 students that yeah. she had to like Help. try to prepare. Or at least, you know, some students might not want to go to school yeah. after high school. Um, but you still got to have that conversation mm -hmm. with 86 students. Just to check. Um, so I didn't really... Excuse me. I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really have the guidance for college either because, you know, um, both, you know, my dad, he has, he graduated, but mm. he went to school late. Mm. You know, he went to school because of work. So he graduated from college with a business degree, Okay. but he went to night school. He did all that stuff. But that, he didn't really have the, you know, the knowledge of like what you're supposed to do in college and stuff. Like he kind of just went because of work mm. and they kind of took care of everything for him. So with the counselor not really helping you and then, you know, your parents don't really know. Mm -hmm. I had two brothers that were going to college, but they were both kind of like, it's the same thing. We came from the same high school that you don't get a lot of guidance. So I literally didn't know what to do. And, um, I didn't know what I wanted to major in. And so when I started talking to my friends, they told me marketing. I just told my counselor that she basically was like, oh, good. That's like your business school. Yeah. It's, it's you don't really need a lot of different experience for business school. You just kind of go. You just go and yeah. get the credits. And um, so I did that. And my I remember like I look at my transcript now and I could tell I didn't love college what um, I was doing. Your grades reflected that? Is that what you oh, say? Oh, 100%. I mean, obviously my memory reflects it. I, I remember mm -hmm. clearly like I was in a hardcore party phase mm. at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, especially graduating. Like, you know, you party a little bit in high school and then you, when yeah. you go to college, you, you just feel a lot more free mm -hmm. to do things. Yeah. So I was just partying all the time, but I would have a semester with like a 3.0 grade, uh, grade point average. Mm -hmm. The next semester, I'd be on academic probation. Oh, dang. Then the next semester, 3.0 grade point average. Just back and forth, man. And um, 100% is just my peers. Mm -hmm. Just being around the same friends, being around, like, no one wants to, because especially when you go, to, you're doing your general education, mm -hmm. a lot of people can manage like fucking off. Oh, mm -hmm. can I? My love. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A lot it's of people... an explicit podcast. You're okay, good, man. sweet. No worries. <laughs> Mother... No, obviously. Yeah. Um, a lot of people can manage like fucking around, not, not, or, you know, not really caring, but maintaining a great grade. Yeah, yeah. I get you. I'm not that person. And that's try very hard. If I don't, if I don't apply myself 100%, like I have, I like to diagnose myself with ADHD or ADD because, <laughs> okay. dude, I really, because, you know, I never went to the doctor for it. My parents didn't really want that for me i guess either mm -hmm. but man my focus is crazy mm. it's like it's like it's the same thing with habit or uh like hobbies mm -hmm. not habits hobbies like i pick things up and i want to pursue them 
for like four weeks <laughs> and then mm. you know and then it's the next thing um but i don't know i, I just i can't i if i want to do school like those good semesters i would have i was like 100 percent just focused on it i would do really good and then i'd be like oh i got breathing room mm. fuck around for a semester and then I started realizing that it's because I'm not interested whatsoever. Even though it's general education, mm-hmm. I took two or three business classes throughout. You know, you, you, sprinkle, you sprinkle them in. in and out. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm talking like falling asleep in class, literally not caring about my assignments, like mm. all that kind of stuff, like trying to study and not being able to. Yeah. Literally because I just don't want like, what is this? What are these graphs and charts, numbers? Even my e- economics class, mm. that's not, te- that's a general education. Yeah. But it kind of applies to it what applies I was. applies to business in a way. Yeah. And I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I could not stand it, man. Mm. And so at some point or another, I was kind of like, as I was realizing, I don't want to do what I'm doing. Um, my parents are consistently telling me, hey, we're going to move to California. We're going to, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And then by the time it gets like 2014, and I'm still, you know, at this point, I'm three years out of high school, mm-hmm. still doing general education classes because there's semesters where I have to retake classes that I failed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, literally feel like I'm running in place. And that's one thing that I'm I'm kind of big on is if you're going to work hard, you know, don't work on a treadmill. Yeah. Get somewhere. Yeah. Start, yeah. you know. Oh, I like that. That's good. Yeah. Don't. That's good. If you're going to go running, bro, go see stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, don't run on a treadmill. Don't work hard in one place. Because cause I think... Because um, you're still standing still, kind of, in exactly. the same spot. Mm. You know, you're standing like still. You know, you run so so far to be in the same place. I like that. That's why I hate treadmills, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? If I, Yeah, the people that are in the gym running on a treadmill, I'm just like, man, if I... I mean, don't get me wrong. I hate running, but if I'm going to run, I would rather just do it outside. Yeah, exactly. There's, sucks. I, there's trails you can run, yeah. and you're not running in a straight line. You're not mm-hmm. running on flat ground, but you're out. You yeah, know? you're not in the gym staring at numbers and yeah. time and wondering. You know, TV, I guess, but yeah, yeah. But um, so if you know, you gotta you gotta always be trying to move, mm. and and I could tell I wasn't. Mm. I almost felt like I was sinking. Oh, wow. You know, and so I was like, you know what? If I move, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I know I'm not going to be able to go to school immediately because out of state, I'm not gonna be different. I'm not going to afford that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll, if I move, I have to understand I'm not going to go to school for at least a year mm-hmm. and I'm going to be working a lot. But I was I was content with getting out of my situation because I was literally going nowhere. Mm-hmm. I was just in the same spot and just partying, having fun. But I wasn't applying myself um, in any directive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I moved and when I moved, it, it gave me a lot of time to, uh, like, I highly suggest people move away from where they're at mm. at some point in their life. Yeah. There's a, there's a disconnect when you do that. Oh, 100%. Because now the, the, the drive, the travel, whatever, it's not as easy to get those distractions. Yeah, everything, everything gets put, everything gets magnified. Mm-hmm. Your perspective on everything, you really get almost like an isolation tank. Yeah. And for me, the biggest part of that isolation take was, so we, um, we had, you know, obviously the vehicles that we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them got U-Hauled, but then we had the U-Haul truck. Mm-hmm. And so when we're driving, 
uh, a lot of the drive, I just remember, like, if I was driving the car and my parents were asleep, like, I, I just remember specifically going through New Mexico, and it was, mm-hmm. like, 2 in the morning, and I'm driving. Okay. And everyone's asleep, and I literally started crying, like, as I'm driving, just, like, tears, like, not, like, you know, like, yeah, not yeah. uncontrollably, obviously. But you're definitely shedding some tears, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm crying. Like, yeah, I'm crying. Yeah. And it's because I'm just thinking about, like, I'm leaving everything behind, mm-hmm. and I don't know what I'm about to do. It's almost like that. If you read a lot of, like, literature, you you read about, um, uh, like, especially older literature, like, you read about a lot about the unknown, mm-hmm. the fear of the unknown. Uh, one of the biggest uh, um, authors is H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Okay. He writes some I've scary. He writes some scary shit, dude. Okay. <laughs> like, like I mean, like, I had a, I had a quote. I almost want to get it tattooed on me, but I'm obviously tatless. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I, know. I, I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't know about tattoos yet, but if I do, this is gonna be a quote. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the quote though, <laughs> but it's crazy. It's it's uh, I, I would look it up, but um, I don't want to take the time to do that. You but, can look it up real quick if you want. All right, I'm gonna look it up. But okay. basically, H.P. Lovecraft he writes a lot about um, the unknown and like the like fear okay and stuff he's it's a lot of people want to uh claim him as like a almost like a horror author oh, okay but dude his stuff is really deep and um i i facebook I, I put it on my facebook a while back but i don't post a lot so i can find it real fast no you're good no worries but i i i took a i had to take a writing class my first semester mm. when i got here and we had to write a lot of stuff around H.P. Lovecraft, and I actually really enjoyed that class because I'm a really good writer, honestly. Mm. I can write essays really good. Mm. Like, I feel like I'm good at explaining information on paper. And um, we just had to read a lot of his his work. I guess my teacher was, like, obsessed with him, my professor. And it was just, it was kind of eye-opening because you do, a lot of people don't dwell into their own fears. I no. feel like well, because of that word exactly like no one wants to face their fears yeah and a lot of fear like like people i feel like people keep a lot of doors closed because you don't mm-hmm. you don't want to go into that unknown uncharted mm-hmm. territory you know uh, it, i think it has to do with comfort but um oh comfort definitely that's yeah. why no one likes to change or that's why people don't like changes because they're comfortable where they're at okay you know? All right, what's cool? So this quote, what I liked about it is because in my head, I was like, fuck that, bro. Like, I, will, I want to venture into that. It made me want to, to voyage into the, what he's referring to as the, the fear of the unknown. Because okay. I think in his, and also like H.P. Lovecraft, he, he was an author in like, I think like the, it was a, it was a while back. I think I want to say, honestly, it was like the 50s, 60s, 70s. Okay. But he's, he, he's pretty old. Yeah, and then he was also in, known to be kind of, uh, this kind of sounds bad, but like not racist, but very, I guess racist. It's for the times, though. Exactly. The, the, so, those times when the books are written, like that, racism was big. And that's kind of what so our I, professor I would can, tell us, too. I can too, see like, that. Kind of like um, talk about his bad view on yeah. stuff. But this was the quote. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity, and it is not meant that we should voyage far. Hmm. Okay. Wow. So basically, what I got out of that is that we live, like he's saying that people live naturally in their mind, mm-hmm. essentially in comfort, mm-hmm. you know, on a, he says, a, a placid island of ignorance mm-hmm. in the midst 
of Black Seas of Infinity. So when you live in that, in that, you know, they say ignorance is bliss. Yeah. You're not challenging yourself. You're not trying mm-hmm. to become uncomfortable. I feel like he's essentially saying that you live in that, and when it when you live in that space, everything is like black seas of infinity. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to stay on that. You don't yeah. want to jump off into that. Yeah, because it looks scary. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. I can understand that quote. Yeah. So I I I ever since I read that and we I started writing or when I was writing in that class mm-hmm. a lot about stuff like that. That's when I started like trying to pick up different things to try to engage myself more. Mm-hmm. But um. So this is what you thought about when you were driving, crying, the that quote, or oh no, no, or no, just no. the unknown in general is what. I I I understand now. That's probably why I was crying. Okay. Because when when I learned that, I'm like, man, there's a lot of stuff that you carry around in your head when you're not, mm-hmm. um, I guess like kind of like dwelling into your potential of what you could do. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was driving, I I think I was just kind of like dang, I'm coming off this little island of ignorance right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, you're just going through the emotions of like, I'm leaving all my friends. I don't know anybody in California other yeah. than family. I'm leaving potentially school. You never know. You never know what happens. So like mm-hmm. the one thing about school is you have that security of like, I'm working towards something. Yeah. It kind of takes a lot of anxiety out. So mm-hmm. so I started, I started this move with like not knowing what I'm going to do, extra anxiety from you know, what my future is going to be. And then just the overall, like, I'm not going to be home no more. Texas is home. You know, I lived there for, I was 21 when I moved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so huge. That's your whole that's life. A, yeah, you your know, whole life. Chunk. Your whole developing, you know, you only got like four years left of developing mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that from uh, yeah, psychology. <laughs> no, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's, uh, what was it? I think it's women stop at 18. And then, uh, really, yeah, I didn't know and, that. And then, men, it's like 26, yeah, yeah the brain, like Shit. the development. And I'm just like, so mean, it's I'm like, like, bro, it's like 30. Well, yeah, probably, but 35. But it just makes me think, I'm like, damn, no wonder, like, there's just a lot of dumb dudes out there at like 21. And then there's like this 18 year old chick who's like, ready, yeah, ready to go, yeah, <laughs> kind of in a way, yeah, it's weird too, because I think that, um, men are more susceptible. Well, I'm, this is obviously me talking out of my ass, but. I honestly feel like men are more susceptible to falling off because of your ego Mm. and everything. I think it's stronger. So when you lose like your confidence, I think confidence is huge. Yeah. You lose your confidence as a man in what you're doing. I think that's going to be a stronger, a bigger wound Mm -hmm. than for females. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like it. It's just, um, I don't know if it's like, I guess it could be DNA or or biology. Yeah. Um, and, that's the word, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the word. I couldn't I couldn't get it out, but I mean, yeah. Throughout mankind, man has always been like the tougher, you know, provider, or whatever. So I think when your confidence is gone, yeah, All that's right. a big deal. So picking up from that, I move out here and I just start working. Mm. And all the while, like the first year and a half, because I actually didn't start going back to school until after the second year. So I think it was 2017, the end of 2017, I applied okay. for uh, college at Marino Valley College, mm-hmm. the local community college. And because I know I still had credits I had to do, and I was like, what is my major going to be? Mm-hmm. Went right back to marketing uh, for whatever reason. I just was like, this is going to be it. Mm-hmm. So I started going to school. I take classes that don't matter anymore to my degree. Um, and I, I started finding myself in the same spot. I didn't, granted, I didn't like fall off with my mm. 
with my transcript. You know, I kept my grades high, hmm. but I went two semesters where I was just like still kind of in that head, that mindset of like, what, what am I doing right now? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to do marketing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I already know I don't want this. But you, you probably felt like you started the journey back in Texas and like you've made it so far, you got credits, right? So it's like, why not finish it? Why like, felt obligated. Yeah, like why restart over kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I get your point. Yeah, so I, I was I was there. And, then, and I'm, you know, I'm good at math. I was always good at math in high school and stuff. So I'm like, I got to be an accountant or something like Hmm. And and I know it's gonna be a job where it's like a nine to five or um, not to take away anything from people that that are like weekend warriors that just work their job and then you know live it up on the weekend do what they want to do that's I mean that's great too mm-hmm. but in my head I was like man that's what's gonna that's what it's gonna be I guess you know and then so 2018 okay you could say it's a blessing even though it was probably terrible it was a terrible thing that happened but I got in a car accident. You, oh, do you man. remember that? I don't know if I remember this. What? I swear, dude. I'm not yeah, even lying. I know. On the way to work, I oh, I got no. I got in a car accident with a with a big rig. Okay, I do remember now. It You're wasn't right. my fault. You're I'm right. not gonna get into the details, but it wasn't my fault. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember this now. Yeah. yeah. So I got in a car accident and I broke um, some bones in my hand mm-hmm. and I had some muscle tears in my diaphragm in my uh, upper chest, my upper left pec. Yeah, you were out for a while. I remember now. And then I had some. Um, I, when I went and got like x-rays and stuff, I had uh, some, my L6 was, uh, my disc was bulging. I had a bulging disc L6 and then in my neck I had two discs that were like about to be, um, what's the word? Like misplaced or what? Not misplaced, what? like, uh, I can't think of the word. It's like when you, um, herniated, okay. almost herniated. Okay. So I was kind of banged up a little bit mm-hmm. and then, because I remember I went, to work right after that the mm-hmm. next day i had to get a i had my arm in a sling and stuff mm-hmm. and i went to talk tomorrow and stuff to let him know like everything that happened yeah and um so i had that bad accident and you know part of injuries like that is you got to go through physical therapy yeah so as soon and i had already you know at that time i was i was pretty fit i was mm-hmm. very fit it was like right you know it was right after that i don't know if you remember me and our, our friend Garrett yeah. and uh, some people at Jensen, we did that mountain race thing. Yeah, the I remember you guys doing three that. Three peak race. Yeah. It was like the three tallest mountain peaks in uh, California. The sum- three tallest summits in, yeah. um, in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you do them all in one day. Yeah. We only did two of them. Hey, that's still pretty good, but I Bro, remember you guys doing it or getting ready for it. Yeah, yeah we only did two of them, but me, needless to say, we were like, we knew it was going to be crazy. Yeah. But that is already insane just to think yeah. about. Too. We we both talked about on the way home like, dude, I'm still so hyped on myself for that because yeah. we're both saying like that's crazy we just tried that. Yeah. Um cuz you know San G? Yeah. Uh Big Bear Mountain, mm-hmm. the summit. Man, we got there at like 10:30 and the the summit up and down halfway up, me and Garrett didn't have water. Oh God! Like we passed the half. They call it the halfway camp, but it's really a third of the way up the the mountain. Okay. And then there's a part of that mountain that's a vertical mile. So before Ooh. the vertical mile, me and Garrett ran out of water. Oh, that's not good. And we're both like, I was like, he's drinking his water, and we and I only had like half a liter left in my water, maybe mm. not even that. In my little um, little pack, little pack. And I remember at one point I forget, and I'm just going on my walk because me and Garrett are gonna share. Mm-hmm. 
and Garrett's talking to me, and out of nowhere, I'm just, and I was like, you're out. Like, yeah, you hear the little, yeah. the air in there, and you're just like, oh, no. And then, anyways, that mountain was crazy. Yeah. That mountain broke me. But, uh, I, so I was really, I was in good shape. Yeah. I was pretty, I was, I think, the lightest I've ever been, but I was like in, I had some good muscle tone. I was, I felt like I was just in the best shape of my life, honestly, for my, for my height and weight. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got in that wreck. So I already knew like, man, this is going to be work to get back to my, the shape I was in. Yeah. Especially with muscle tears and stuff. And like with your diaphragm, the amount of breathing, like, dude, even to this day, I, I think my breathing is off because of that wreck. Mm. Because it's just like, there's, there's like a natural breathing pattern you have when you um when you like uh when it comes to like your fight or flight mm. so i don't know if you know this um basically when you breathe normally when you're born when you're when you're a child or a baby you can watch any baby or child do this if you watch them like they naturally breathe through their stomach okay. everyone does you're mm-hmm. that's how you're supposed to breathe it's through your stomach mm-hmm. and then there's chest breathing and the way you can tell is if, if you take a deep inhale and your chest rises, mm. you're most likely chest breathing okay. a lot more than you think. Mm. And when you chest breathe, that's telling your body to your your fight or flight system is on go. It's okay. supposed to be on go. So a lot of people, you see people that have their shoulders like this a lot or they're like constantly like they'll take a breath, but they're just like, mm. like, you know, kind of a little deeper. And you're like, oh, are you good? Like, is everything okay? Mm. They're chest breathing, and that and that causes a natural anxiety of fight or flight. Oh wow! And I when you're that. when you're living with that, people might think I have anxiety issues. When you know it could be that, but mm. it, and it could be from stressors that cause you to breathe like that. You get all tense. Mm-hmm. It basically holds you up. Yeah. And that'll cause your your. It's basically like your system thinks you're constantly on fight or flight. Oh wow! Okay. So. That's why um, when you see like people talk about breath work mm-hmm. and breathing techniques, a lot of people think that's like woohoo, bullshit I thought it was. type stuff. Yeah, it's actually a lot more mm-hmm. um, interesting than you think because mm-hmm. your breathing does control a lot of what your internal body thinks is going on yeah. outside. So um, I knew that was a big thing too that I was gonna have to work on. I'm still working on it, uh, but um, I, once I started physical therapy, mm-hmm. it was like. Like this is what I want to do. That's your, that's your that or sorry, that's your niche. That's where you thought. Yeah, because uh, I would notice too. Like I would be at work because as soon as I got in this wreck, I was mm-hmm. kind of already like, I don't know if you ever saw me. Like I would be talking to people at work about like using lacrosse balls mm-hmm. for like muscle, like myofascial release and your yeah, my, that and the kettlebell. I yeah, I remember the kettlebell was pretty popular for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. I feel like people thought I was on some weird shit when yeah. I first started working. Yeah, I mean, they that. work. But yeah. yeah. But, I mean, kettlebells to this day, dude, I will def- I will defend a kettlebell. Yeah. yeah. I'll die on that hill, dude. <laughs> it's just functional functional strength is the most important. Mm. Um, but I I was just, like, thinking in my head, like, man, if, if I can fix myself mm-hmm. or, like, you know, repair my own muscles. Because that's another thing with the physical therapy I, I started going through. It was it was set up through my lawyer. Okay. And I don't think and this also this actually kind of drove me more. I don't think they were that legit. Uh the lawyer or the physical therapy? The physical therapy place. It seemed uh, like one of those type of places that the lawyer that works with the lawyer 
Like just pick the cheapest place kind of thing? That what? and it's like they kind of like work with the lawyer to make sure you're doing like they'll just give you paper. They'll give them the paperwork and okay. all that stuff. So like the first two physical therapy sessions were, were like super eye-opening and interesting. I was like, oh, this is great. Like hmm. I'll be better in no time. Mm-hmm. And then after the second one, dude, no kidding, it seemed like I was just another person that they were just trying to get in and out. Yeah, get paid. You know, some of the stuff I was supposed to do with my hand, and I still think I have, like, like tendon issues in my hand, like, where certain... Like, grip issues? Not grip, but, like, like especially at work, at working in a warehouse, you use your hands so much. Like, mm. I'll feel random tweaks in my wrists all the time, where mm. I'm just like, man, is that because I didn't... Yeah. heal correctly and now there's just like a permanent like compensation of other you know because your your body's super mechanical mm-hmm. and it's super uh it's like very very it works in all kinds of ways and any muscle that stops doing its job other things got to compensate mm-hmm. like anything in life yeah and um those compensations will lead to injuries granted they go long enough yeah if you don't take care of them so when i started realizing i had to do a lot of stuff on my own mm. Which it kind of did lead to a decline in my physical therapy, like in my actual, like, because you need help, man. Mm. Like, you, you're not supposed to be able to do all these things by yourself. Yeah. Unless it's like what you do. Mm. So, I got this book. Um, I, I highly suggest any any normal person get this book because it's basically like, like, you know, you have a, um, like a manual to your car. Yeah. It's like a manual to your body. To your body. Yeah. It's called, I'll go ahead and give the name of it. It's called, um, uh, how to become a supple leopard Hmm. by, and I love that. I love that title. Yeah. It's an intriguing name. It's by, uh, he's a PhD. He's a a former like military physical therapist. His name is, uh, Dr. Kelly Start. Hmm. I highly recommend anybody that if, if you're, I mean, I'm sure the normal person that doesn't really work out, they're not going to get it. Yeah. But if you if you work out in in or you do anything physical and you feel like you, you have these small little injuries, but it's not something that's it's just like more nagging stuff. Yeah. This book, man, will like it's like literally like a guide, and it started leading me to believe like the way there's mechanics for cars. Mm. There's your body. It's your body is the same thing. Yeah, everything can be. Your body is one of the most incredible things on this earth. Mm. The the way it can repair itself, the way it it reacts to external stimuli, the way, like there's all kinds of little biological, um, like uh, precursors to things that that only work when when it's activated by a certain stimuli. Mm. It's it's crazy, and I think a lot of people are under the impression, just for lack of knowledge or whatever other reason, that you have to go to a doctor to no. do a lot of stuff. Like my end, my end goal, which we'll come back to, is like if I if I do become if I do get my doctors in physical therapy, like I want to put out a book my, of my own. Oh wow! And I wanna I wanna like put out the information that you can fix yourself. Yeah. And and it, it just takes time, mm-hmm. but people put time into a lot of things that don't apply to anything. Yeah, dumb stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, you might go home and you know before you go to bed. You want to watch a show. You got to binge three episodes. I keep hitting this thing. Nah, you get it. <laughs> you got to you got to binge three episodes of your favorite show before you go to bed. You got yeah. to play two hours of Call of Duty Warzone. Mm-hmm. Guilty as charged. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to before you go to bed, you got to do these things. Now, when I'm trying to, and I'm still even myself, man, as someone that's going to go into physical therapy, 
it's hard work to yeah. to fix yourself and it's not hard in the sense of like each thing you're trying to work on is hard it's hard in the sense of like the persistence that you got in the discipline the discipline of like literally setting aside 15 minutes to stretch before you go to bed mm. or 15 minutes when you wake up after you make your bed start stretching mm. 15 minutes it doesn't take long that alone would change so many people's days because mm. you wake up uh, you know you especially like sleeping in beds not a lot of people have like the best sleeping uh layout i guess you could say like their yeah. bed might be bad they might not get to bed in time they might you know sleep is huge so when you don't get that sleep you need um you might end up waking up feeling heavier than usual you know you're kind of on your joints more you're stiff yeah i got those a days. lot of people just get straight in their car and go on to their day mm. with that and believe it or not man that that affects you that that goes into everything you do you know if you feel like shit it might you might think oh, i just feel like shit i'll go on with my day but you're gonna feel like shit through everything you do mm. and it's even if you don't consciously think of it your subconscious is thinking like i don't feel good i don't want to do this you might not apply yourself completely so i just i i noticed that if you can even with myself i notice if i stretch mm. before i go to bed dude my sleep quality is like way better and it kind of sets you up to like i'm going to bed now, what kind of stretches are you doing though? Like for I think to for, to, minute for the best the best thing for any average person to do is um, so you sh- you know the touch your toes stretch. But I always this is the easiest easiest thing you can do right before you go to bed. Stand up, reach your hands as high as you can mm. in a straight line. Just you know look up and just feel yourself really get as tall as possible, like you're trying to grab stars. Okay while you're pushing down with your legs that's another thing you should always be oh, okay. counteracting so if you're reaching as high as you can your legs should be because it, it your legs should be pushing down because it creates that so your legs aren't going up with your arms they're staying down that's what you're saying yeah, yeah. like well you're not I mean, obviously you're not levitating <laughs> <laughs> well no no but i mean like you're not like getting on your tippy toes no you no yeah, you're, yeah. you're actually driving through your hills because okay. what people don't realize too is stretching is there's supposed to be like a counteractive okay it's because you're decompressing yourself mm-hmm. essentially yeah, it's like Same a band. Thing. When you bend over and touch your toes, like mm-hmm. my new thing is I grab my calves. Okay. And I pull with my upper body as hard as I can. Hmm. Try to like bring, basically like I'm trying to like mash my head into my shins. Yeah. And as I'm doing that, you, I'm pushing out with my ass basically. Okay. All so right. it's like I'm creating that. that. So it's a, okay. Yeah. So you're always creating decompression with your own body. Hmm. It's counteractive forces. You're lowering your upper body. But yeah, you do that, reach up as high as you can, and then you slip one arm down and just side bend. Okay. You do those, go back up, side bend, and then do the thing I said, kind of bend bend down, mm-hmm. grab, you know, grab your legs, and just, you're trying to get that decompression out mm-hmm. that, so your body can kind of relax more, and it, it gives itself, it gives you basically your spine a break to not be so constricted, sitting on top of each other, like all that pressure. Mm-hmm. Um. And and just that alone in the morning and at night can make can change your quality of life a hundred percent. It's it's because it's just stretching. A mm-hmm. lot of people don't stretch at all whatsoever. No, I mean I'm guilty of that, man. I'll go to the gym. Not I don't I don't do anything like beforehand or even after. I'll, you just go there. Yeah. No, I know, and it's, I know subconsciously when I'm in the workout and like even work and leaving. I'm like, damn, why did I do that? I'm like, I didn't, I didn't do any stretches before. Didn't do any stretches after. Like, I just went in cold. And yeah, the, I guess the only good thing is I might have done 
is I never because I know some people when they weight lift they just like go heavy on the first set. Yeah, you can't do that. I don't do that. Like I at least I start real light and I work my way up, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, that might be the only good thing. But yeah, there's days where I'm like, dude, I didn't do any stretching and like I just went cold. And I know it's bad. Well, I, it's, I have my days. I know it's bad. It's crazy too because I I there was a point where I was like super super into working out like mm. going to the gym every single day i had yeah, i remember seeing those pictures of you yeah you, i was you big I was, I was big bro <laughs> i was yoked. i was pretty big for my height and and i could push a lot of weight yeah but looking back at it now i mm. literally look at that as like damage to my body dude because mm. i was never stretching mm-hmm. i was never i was never working on my mobility like you know putting my body in kind of like weird positions on the ground mm. to see what really like dude if you just sit on the ground and like kind of move around like do little certain poses and stuff you learn a lot about what you can't do mm. be and it's all because of mobility like you, you just your your tendons or your muscles or your tissue not being able to move mm. the way it's supposed to around the joint and it just locks up and it and that'll put compression on your joint and that's why you get those aches so if you're not stretching man it's it, your your workouts are just counter counterintuitive mm. really because you're you're only working out in a in a certain uh, pattern or motion that you don't even really do. Like people jump on uh, people do curls, right? Yeah. You're never actually curling an object. No, not not that way. Where you're trying to brace everything and keep everything locked in, and then only using your bicep. Like that's yeah. not that, that's why I like kettlebells, bro. Mm. You, everything you do with kettlebells, you f- you will feel it when you're not um, using the right technique or like working from your core mm-hmm. you'll feel it you'll hurt yourself especially with kettlebell swings dude i the first time i started doing kettlebell swings i got really uh i thought i'd mess my back up oh because i was just swinging the weight yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I wasn't, not doing it correctly yeah, yeah i was just yeah. swinging it like a gorilla dude mm-hmm. i wasn't like trying to actually use my core and drive with my hips but um just all basically all that stuff i was starting to notice mm. f- just from going through physical therapy like starting to notice like i'm not even that strong mm-hmm. you know like because you would do certain th- like i'm telling you man the first two appointments i had i had a guy holding my legs like i'd be laying on the table and he'd hold my leg a certain way and be like all right now push against this and i couldn't push mm. he's like yeah that's because this is locked up and this is weak so then the muscles not able to do it and he would like like massage a certain area mm. like you know dig in real hard like have me kind of like do different things and then he would do the same exact thing say push and i would be strong as heck wow. just push it and i'm like bro, like what it sounds like some voodoo stuff yeah and it did but it's it <clears throat> yeah, really it's is not. what it comes down to is just when you're not mobile mm-hmm. or your muscles aren't you know firing the way they're supposed to be it makes your life a lot harder mm. you know so then then i started thinking after like those first two sessions i'm like man i i go to work and I pick stuff up all the time. I'm mm-hmm. hiking up bikes and stuff. I'm doing whatever. And I'll get tired and I'm like realizing I'm not doing stuff with my actual natural strength. I'm like basically working with what I got. Mm-hmm. So when I started going back to work and actually like applying my physical therapy to my work, even dude, it, it's, a, it's so nuanced. Like the smallest things, like you could get so lost in it because mm-hmm. it's like, Okay, when I pick this up, what if I try to like use my feet more and feel the ground and then try to use my legs and actually, and you pick it up effortlessly. Mm. You're like, okay, so that 
that works compared to just like bending it over bending over and just getting your arms to do yeah. all the work i mean because yeah. it's as little as this dude if you bend your head like people that have bad head posture right mm-hmm. i think it's i don't know the exact number so but you can take my word for it okay <laughs> it's basically like i think every inch that your head is off center forward it adds like 20 pounds of torque to your neck okay wow so when you see people that are like you know especially at that job we worked mm-hmm. you're constantly yeah your head's looking down, down that that's putting so much compression on like your axis and your all your your uh all your basically like your small muscle fibers and, and tendons that are in control of the base of your neck mm-hmm. that tie into your shoulders, mm-hmm. that tie into your mid traps, that tie into your lo- lumbar spine. That it's a kinetic chain that when you mess up that kinetic chain, yeah, its energy gets clogged up. You lose your potential energy. You don't have like a, a strong base to support you. So like you're losing to gravity every day, mm-hmm. basically. I don't know if you know anything about gravity, but it doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know that part. Exactly. So, I mean, when you, and I felt it, man, when you lose your core strength and your core stability, dude, mm-hmm. gravity wins every single day. Mm-hmm. Every single day, did you feel gravity? And, and I'm like, man, I want to go to the moon at this point. Because I'm telling yeah. you, man, gra- gravity is a son of a bitch and mm-hmm. it doesn't stop. And we know nothing about it technically. Technically, I guess. I mean, we know it exists, but that could be... <laughs> that's a whole nother wormhole. <laughs> that could be that's another a, wormhole, that, bro. No, that's, a, that's a rabbit hole. Yeah. I live in rabbit holes. I know. I know you do. But basically, I started getting all this from, mm-hmm. from going to physical therapy. And I and you know kinda, a lot, dude, for just like... Yeah, you know a lot. I'm very, and, and, I'm very shocked, honestly. And it's crazy because I'm going... So in the spring, I, um, I just applied for, mm-hmm. for admission to... Uh, Mesa College, San yeah, Diego Mesa College, because that's where the PTA program I'm apply for is. Nice. And um, I already, uh, this is the first time I'm realizing that I'm taking an actual um, physical therapy class mm. because one of the prereqs to the class, because I have to apply for the program between March 13th and May 5th. Okay. That's the that's the window for to application apply. for mm-hmm. the PTA program, which is. For anyone who doesn't know, um, PTA is a physical therapist assistant. So it's like the equivalent of a PA to a physician. You know, you go to the doctor, the first person you see is the, mm-hmm. the PA. Yeah. And they get your vitals, they check everything, and then the, you have to wait like 10 minutes, and then the doctor comes in. So the PTA is essentially the same thing, except it's vice versa. You see the physical therapist. They give you basically your whole rundown, your your consultation, your... Uh, not consultation, but you know what I mean? Like, they basically figure out what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. They give you a prescription workout or regimen. And then all the work you do is usually with, with the, the PTA. PTA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. So basically what I was working with when I was in physical therapy, I remember seeing the physical therapist, but I remember working with the PTA and I was like... Yeah, he just kind of sets up, like, the routine and what you need to do. I, I yeah, get it. And coming, makes that cash. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it coming from, like, the psychology field now. Yeah. Um, like so, I'm a I'm a behavioral therapist for the school district, but oh, okay. there's uh, RBTs and um, I might mess this word up. It's uh, an acronym. It's like BCAs. So like those are the people that like set up the routines mm-hmm. and like all the work that needs to be done with the client, and then I implement it. So it's yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I totally understand what you mean by all that. Yeah, and not only that, it's I think because physical therapy, it's I mean, dude it's a very short list of people that are getting accepted into 
PT programs. It's mm. a lot of school. I think it's like five to seven years. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like going to be a doctor. Doctor, yeah, like 12 so, years is a long time. So it's like you don't expect that you're just going to get in a... And I've talked to people like in different kinesiology classes I've had. I've gone, I've done like a, a couple Zoom uh, informatives mm-hmm. for programs. Like I, I just... November 3rd, I, I went... I just attended like a Zoom meeting for... Um, for the PTA program I'm going to nice. or that I'm trying to go to mm. um, just things I needed to figure out and they just inform you on stuff. Um, but it's from what I've, from, from when I've talked to people, I've learned that it's, it's pretty like you have to try a lot to get into a PT program. Like I was talking mm. to this girl that she had, she had way more schoolwork than I did. She had shadowing, like shadowing a pe like uh basically like an internship she yeah had hours on hours and she still was like getting rejected at really to pt programs and it's like yeah you just got to keep keep applying apply to different ones and i was just like dang but i like that it's mm. a challenge i know it's competitive especially out here in california yeah but um i mean it's the whole thing with the fear of unknown you know being uncomfortable you got to challenge yourself mm. so i'm not i didn't let that like uh yeah, boy, boy, your spirits or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. I get what you mean. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't let that get to me, but it made me more determined to to pursue. Mm-hmm. But the PTA thing, it's like, on top of all that, I think it's gonna help when I do apply for a PT program that I'm already a PTA. Yeah, I'm you're hands learning. on, hands you're on. in the field. I'm in the field yeah. exactly, mm-hmm. and they make you know good salary. Yeah, yeah, it's a decent salary. So, um, I, uh, I, I. I know I have to like when I was looking at what I had to do to apply for the program and when mm. they were asking me on the um, Zoom meeting one of the things that I was missing was a prereq at their cl- at their for their program is you have to take a intro to physical therapy class. Okay. And when I read that I was like, man, I kind of have I feel like I have this like no, I, want, I don't want to say knowledge because I don't want to discredit people that are in schooling for it already. But I feel like I have this in like inherent, like already understanding of a lot of stuff. And okay. I haven't taken a single physical therapy class. Yeah. You know, like I, everything is just based off of. That's what I mean. Everything you laid out, dude, that's a lot. And I feel like you've already gone to school for a lot. <laughs> yeah. And that's literally <laughs> off, so of, that's off my own. Off your own work and. And interest. Yeah. And, and that's something you I've never. You can learn never, a lot on your own. And I've never had that with anything else. I've never been to where like I I can explain it like a crackhead, mm. you know, like offhand yeah. to somebody else. And I noticed that with another coworker of ours, our homie Brandon. Mm-hmm. Every time I talk about stuff, people are like, "Man, you just go." Yeah. And I'm like, that means something, then you yeah. know. That I think I think you're in the right. Um, I think you're on the right path, honestly, man. Yeah, and then and then I can see like the love coming out from just you talking about it. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm blown away because like all that stuff, like. I have no idea, like, what it is, you know. It's hard to remember a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that come. I wanted to, I almost wanted to, like, before I got here, um, kind of write a bunch of stuff down. Mm. But I, I'm like, there's one thing with me is that when I prepare, I get really bad anxiety. Uh. So, like, for example, my brother got married a couple years ago. Mm. I didn't write anything for the best man speech. He just did it. Just got off up off the cuff. Yeah, I think I think it's better that way. I was way. also drunk. <laughs> well, all right, that, that probably gave you some uh, confidence, but yeah, what 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 doesn't give you confidence when you're drunk? But um, exactly. But yeah, nah. I I mean, for this show, like I, I like it when guests aren't prepared in a way. Yeah, because especially Cause then it just sounds like an interview on TV, like those late night talk shows. I hate them. Mm-hmm. 
Because everything's basically such a generic Scripted. answer. Yeah. yeah. I was like, it's not real. They tell them the questions beforehand and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, just once I realized, like, man, I haven't even taken a class and I, I kind of have, like, I can tell I have a passion for it. Yeah. No, I can see it, man. Like I said, like, just you talking about it, I was like, damn. Like, in my own head, I was thinking, this dude is there. <laughs> yeah. So, it's just a matter of going, doing the schooling and stuff, but I know... Once I'm once I'm taking classes and I'm in there, like I'm not gonna have any doubt towards it because mm. I'm because I already feel right now I'm like chomping at the bit to to get there to get there to start my intro to even just my intro to physical therapy, dude. I was reading the the course description. I'm just like, man, this is what I want to do right now. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean because it, it seems like it's close, but I guess when it's like closer, mm-hmm. you even itch harder for it. Yeah, because yeah. like right now I'm still I have so I'm taking some classes that I have to finish for my associates mm-hmm. for math and science, and then in the winter I have to take like a kinesi I'm gonna take a kinesiology class to get my associates for um, the kinesiology health and wellness. I think that will help you a lot too with physical therapy kinesiology because oh, how many yeah, how many of them really have those degrees? Like I mean know. I'm sure that when they're doing their GE that's mm. their like choice. Mm. But that was the thing, too, I was kind of worried about because at Moreno Valley College and mm. um, RCC and Norco, they don't really have, they have kinesiology associates, but it's not really like their top priority type yeah. thing. So it's like, it's kind of hard to get classes I need. Well, I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's a, like a really popular field. No. I, I don't think so. Yeah. And I think it's mainly because it seems so exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like such a niche. Yeah thing which i guess it is but at the same time it's like man everybody has a body and everybody needs work i mean we can go down a rabbit hole with this but like i feel like um in in today's society like um there's not really a lot of emphasis on taking care of your body no like really like i mean there's i i I hate this but like this whole like fat shaming thing and like uh you know you're beautiful even if you're fat and like all right Mm. fine like, if yeah. you want to say all that, that's fine. But you can't, like, yeah. Promote it. You can't tell me that that person is healthier. No. and, like, and you and can't tell me that their 300 pounds of fat is, is healthy for them. Yeah. And, and you can't tell me that. Because exactly. I know it's not true. But everyone says <laughs> that, that, no, I'm healthy. I'm like, bro. Like, no, they won't even say healthy. They'll say I'm happy. Yeah. And I'm like, and what does that mean? It's like, like so, all right, man. So look, you, it's, it's always important <laughs> to be happy. But Yeah, I get it. And, you know, I don't think you should ever... Um, you know, judge people for being fat and all that. Like, I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, fat shaming isn't cool. I get it. No, nah, um, 100%. But, be a nice person. Yeah, be a nice person. I get it. But don't tell me that that person's healthy. Honestly, that, that, that should just be the end of it. It's just be a nice person. Yeah. How about you don't bully fat people? Yeah, or bully anybody in that matter. Yeah. But I know that's the big one right now. And it's just like, you just can't tell me that they're healthy, though. Because it's not Yeah, It's not well, true. You can't promote it as a lifestyle because it's no. like... It's one thing to appreciate people, but we're kind of doing what that they now. are. But but I know, and it's bad, and it's it's not a good thing. But I think it's just it's just the way of like how social media is, is yeah. changing people's ideas on things, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of virtue signaling type stuff. But I think it's very important that people understand, like that that happiness, regardless if you're if you're fat. And I'm not trying to like nitpick it. It's no, like no. fat people. But I'm like, saying this is a tough that happiness isn't gonna last long because at mm. the end of the day you, you need your health. And I think your your health and good like your well being attributes a lot more to your happiness than people understand. Oh yeah. Like um 
you know, I, I'm in no way where I want to be physically, but like, oh, me neither, too. um, <clears throat> just going to the gym, like, even if I'm having a bad day, right? Just going to the gym, like, makes me feel better immediately. It always does, too. Huh? Immediately, man. Like, does it ever make you feel worse? No, I don't think I've <laughs> ever been like, oh, man, this workout, like, ugh, I feel terrible now. Like, yeah. my whole day's off now because of this workout. No, I never do. And I know the trouble for most people is, like, they want to see the physical changes immediately. But that that obviously takes a lot of time. But I feel like a lot of them don't realize, like, how mentally they've changed, probably. Yeah. Because, like, it, it totally changes your mentality. And you feel better. Like, I, the endorphins and all that, you know, 100%. it comes out. I think mirrors should not be in gyms. <laughs> The I mean, only like, good thing is probably for, not like, a bad form point. checking, you yeah. know, but man, I I remember trying this dude when I was like in Texas working out, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to look cause I saw somebody on a YouTube video that I followed mm-hmm. talk about it. And I was like, I'm gonna try this. Just don't look in a mirror That's interesting. for six weeks mm. at your body. I mean, obviously you're brushing your teeth. You're looking at your face. And stuff. Yeah. But don't like, yeah, but don't actually, cause everyone knows what I'm talking about, bro. When yeah. you're working out, you're exercising, you look, you check yourself out. Oh, I do. You're the first time. person to check I yourself do it all out. the time. Well, especially when there's the pump going you can see it. I'm yeah. Like, oh, I'm like, all right. Yeah, it's going. And all that it. is dude is fuel for comfort to stop working out. Yeah. A hundred percent. They just either that or you're just mentally jerking yourself off. <laughs> And it's like it's both, way of, to put it, both yeah. of those are not good, man. Mm. So if if it's hard, but like if you actually stop looking at a mirror while you're working out for like six weeks, and you can actually maintain, you know, for this is probably more for people that work out consistently, mm. or they're in that beginning phase. Yeah. If you don't just if you literally just stop staring at yourself, you will see the progress mm. quicker than you think. Mm. You know, because. Because haven't you noticed when you see people that just start working out, you see their progress quick because you don't see them for a, for a little bit. And then, oh, yeah. And, and then next thing you see them and you're like, wow, man, you're like, actually like, like that happens yeah. to you too. You mm. just don't notice it because you're like, I fucking yourself every single day. Well, yeah. And you see yourself every day. That's why, yeah. um, that's why like when other people see you like months later, they're like, oh, wow. Like, wow. Like I, you're different. And you personally are like, no, I'm not. Like, you know, it's the worst, dude. I haven't changed have at you all. Ever, have you ever seen somebody and they're like, you look exactly the same. Oh, God. It's like four years later and you're just like, man, I, I know what you mean. That I, is not good. That's, that's, <laughs> so I that's, don't know if I want to hear that right now. That's funny that you said that because, um, oh, man, I had a, oh, man, I don't remember who it was. I had like a, I had someone come up to me uh recently it was it's probably like a month now so it's really recently i can't remember who it is but they're um and we were like old friends and i was like they're like oh my god like you look exactly the same and i was like i was like i don't think that's a good thing man i was like i was like i hope i've changed since like the last five six years that i've seen you probably i think it could be both like oh man like i don't know if that's a good thing it could it could be a good thing when um like if you if you have because some people just have a look you know i guess yeah and regardless if you do change physically, like for the better, like you might still just look the same. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just funny when I heard it because I was like, I don't know how to take that. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, like, I get what you mean. Though. I remember I just when I just went to Texas, somebody was telling me. So it was one of my friends' grandma was just like, I remember back then we used to roll you around because you were so big, and I was like, that's not true. <laughs> like I was just not big like that. Like, but she was going on and on, and yeah. I just laughed. I was just like, yeah, yeah, that's no, crazy, huh? But yeah. we left, and I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, that is so like I don't even weird. Yeah. yeah, you know how to react. I know. Yeah, it's funny that you brought that up. That I literally thought about. I know, and it's crazy too because you think about it. Like you don't even know. I thought about this the other day. This might get too deep, but like you, good. you don't yeah. even know what you look like 
actually you only see reflections of yourself right Hmm. so like okay so you're going down the route like you don't know what other people see exactly like Mm. think about this bro think about you know how some people have like anxiety with like making a first impression or meeting people for the first time imagine if like if you could actually like somehow there's a a way that you could get amnesia amnesia is that a past tense of amnesia uh i don't know if that's the right term if you could use like say you get your memory your complete memory swipe okay okay and then you're able to see yourself Mm. and then you get your first impressions of yourself right you get all like oh look at this guy this fucking dude with his fucking chubby cheeks talking about myself yeah and you know his weird fucking eyebrows and whatnot and then you get that and then they give you all your memories back and then you get your own first impression of yourself so you kind of know what people might think when they see you or something like Mm. you know you don't really know what people's first thoughts of you are Mm, that's a good point it's very yeah. deep, but that's a good point. <laughs> I don't know. That might be... I know. I get it. I, I get what you mean. Because, yeah, we see ourselves in a different light. Yeah. And I think if a lot of people understood... I mean, it could be bad, but at the same time, I feel like if people understood um, what other people might think when they see themselves, like, they might have less anxiety. That's true. Maybe not be as hard on themselves. Sometimes. Yeah, because, I mean, I think, dude, I think one of the biggest problems or one of the biggest causes of anxiety, two things expect expectations mm. expectancy expectations and comparison no uh, comparison is big now yeah because social media yeah everything but, everything's out there now it's like ugh. yeah i, I mean I've, I've heard that quote before comparison is the thief of joy but i think mm. expectations is like the driver mm. the getaway driver the getaway driver that's a good point um <clears throat> you know so man you got a lot to do now with physical therapy but i'm pretty oh, impressed yeah, on how much you got uh already know um so like all right so you you graduate and you write um and you get your is it like a licensed pta license or no yeah it would be a certificate program um, it's a certificate and then you just what go from there and try to figure out where to work yeah yeah i, I think um because i do i don't want to like instantly pursue physical therapy obviously like mm-hmm. i, I want to work for a little bit mm-hmm. and take that break from school because I have been in school for a long time. Yeah. That's why I thought I had no progress. You know, when you're doing your general education and you change majors, you, you have this feeling like I'm not getting anything done. Yeah. And then they're like, Hey, you could get two uh, associates. And yeah. You're like, okay, it does, you know, it kind of works out. It works but, out. Yeah. I want to, I want to work, get, get my feet wet, you know, get, get some good physical therapy, like experience mm-hmm. and then try to come back to it. And just go ham, dude. Mm. Just like apply to all kinds of different programs. Really apply myself and try to pursue it. Because I think I do want to get the, I want to be a full blown physical therapist because I think that's going to get you more opportunities in life. Mm. When you get your doctors in something that you really want to pursue. Like, because if I want to, I would like to, basically, this is my main goal. Okay. Is to make everyone understand that you can fix yourself and you're not. It's it's not like decided that you have this injury and now you got to carry the burden of this injury for the, for the rest, rest of your, of your life. life. Yeah, you know, like that's one, a common thing too. And and I would actually like to maybe even get an, a degree in um, like physiology, mm. the way that your muscles and everything ties into your like your actual health, mm-hmm. like your you know your organs and whatnot, mm-hmm. like how they kind of play together. Uh, yeah, and then I'm, I mean, I don't know if this is the same, but like, um, just also like what you put in your body. Oh, dude, that messes you up uh, more worst. than people know. Yeah, dude, it's. I mean, 
with America, it's yeah, I know, I it's know. crazy. It's bad. The, the, the health crisis in America that's almost solely driven on like lazy lifestyle and just poor, poor, piss poor eating habits. Dude. Yeah, it's it's the worst. I mean, even the way we, you know, the way they process everything and whatnot. Mm. You know, you could eat a spaghetti dinner and knock out from a food coma because your glycogen levels are insane and the amount of insulin that gets dumped in your bloodstream and whatnot. Yeah. And then you go to Italy and you can eat the same spaghetti dinner. And you feel different. And you don't even, you feel light as a feather because the, just the simple, in, in the simple ways, like just the way they harvest their wheat mm. is completely different than the way we harvest our wheat. Yeah. You know, like the, it's real deep, but. Well, our food is about uh, shelf life. Exactly. How long, Preservatives. It, how long can it last before we sell it, or even after you sell it? I think it? Uh, so that's I think why all of it's bad. World War One is the cause of that, or World War Two. Oh, know, because yeah, I get what you mean. Nuclear families type lifestyle, you know, grocery stores, canned foods, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. Plus, I mean, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, plus, let's be honest. I mean, like, there's just too many dang people. In the yeah, world. I mean, like, and just in the United States in general, wait, and in California, hold on, hold just on, in California, bro. all of a sudden, too. Hold on, no, like, saw, you gotta feed everybody. Let me, let me, let me, let me get somewhere with this. <laughs> you gotta okay. feed everybody organically with no preservatives. It's super hard for me not to like conspiracy okay. everything. All right, all right, but man, is there too many people in the world? Because, <laughs> bro, look, I just flew to Texas. Okay, you know how much on that flight? How much just straight, like land you see? Oh yeah, no well, houses. Okay, Nothing. so I I so I can understand that because if you look at it, like California, like Northern California, right? There's mm-hmm. still a lot of land available, right? Yeah. I mean, like, because I just went to Sacramento a few weeks ago with my brother, and we're on the freeway, and dude, just tons of land. By the way, you see them building on crazy shit now. Yeah, but yeah, we're on the freeway, you know, and tons of land mm-hmm. where we're at, just acres, acres, yeah. acres. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we're not out of room, but. Uh, but we're all consolidating like in certain areas mm-hmm. like california and uh, california damn we're talking about california um in an em- inland empire la like yeah. every we're all just huddled together millions yeah. of people in one area stacked on top of each yeah, other yeah we're just stacked on top of each other which is probably not healthy for us either to be stacked no. on top of each other but um that's where all the people are at i think yeah and it's weird though that <laughs> they talk about that and then you just when you see all this land it's like I mean, that should be, I get like the whole farming thing, yeah, like the, the mass farming and whatnot, but theoretically, I really think that if, if people were just spread out and using the land that we don't use and Mm. like people had, obviously this would take lifetimes and generations and generations, but everyone just kind of learn how to like self-sustain like Ronin style, you know, like Mm. take care of your family, be nice to other people and learn how to live off the land. I don't. I think things would be so different, dude. Oh, of course. But it's course. just a matter of you know regulation. And but I just I don't know if I don't know if it'll ever get that way. Honestly, no, no, I, no. I don't think we can go. I guess essentially that would almost be like going backwards. Yeah, because like that's what history was before. Yeah, I know. And now we're here, so I feel like they wouldn't go back to that. No, probably not. Because now it's just about like how much, how, not to much people, how much money can you make like in a second like you know whatever, oh, yeah. whatever you're doing. It's like almost everyone has like their own like um, social like what do you contribute? Yeah. Like the more dollars you bring in per yeah. person, like it turns into that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
is what it is. I, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> we I'll go, tell you, man. We go so deep on that, but yeah, I know. And now, now I, I know I heard stuff about like COVID and all that being like it's a what's what's that word? Um, they're trying to depopulate the earth or something like that. Yeah, like, oh, get, get rid of some people. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, even, whatever. I don't know, I don't Who even, knows? I don't even know about all that. My my main thought on that know. is just literally, I think that it's just a matter of like they're trying to make everything go into like a digital aspect um i think it's going in that the technology direction, like the technological uh, technological look at, look at what determinism. facebook just did the metaverse yeah dude you can't tell me <laughs> Bro. you can't tell me that people are not gonna live in the metaverse 24 hours a day no 100 percent they will i mean you got it, people that play video games 24 hours a day i i mean uh, i was just talking to my brother about it because um uh nike just Nike just put in a patent for their Metaverse Nike swoosh because apparently you have to do a patent on it. It's like a digital swoosh. Yeah. And you can buy shoes and clothes and all Nike products for your avatar that's going to be in Metaverse. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, dude, you're literally going to be selling Jordans now? And, and you, know, like, you know, for 100 bucks that are digital? That's retarded. Yeah. And you know, they, they literally prepared us for this video games. Yeah. Dude. All that pay to play. Well, this is like the next evolution your... of video games. Now, like you're immersed into it. Yeah, you're not just sitting in a chair with a controller. Now you you are the controller. And and you know you see Instagram profiles. People get their notoriety from Instagram. You, yeah. you can get canceled online. What happens if you get canceled in the metaverse? In the Ooh, metaverse, I don't know. you're. I mean, it's a whole. It's it's gonna be a thing, dude. Yeah, it's no. gonna be a thing. It it. Uh, when I saw that Facebook did it and they switched over um, and they want to do this meta thing now, uh, I um, I know it won't be particularly the, exactly the same, but I thought of that movie, Ready mm-hmm. Player One. Did you ever watch I that movie? I have not seen that. So it's a, really, it's a good movie, but it's basically essentially that. Like, people are immersed into this universe. There's a goal to this universe, though, like, because you can win a prize. I don't know if meta, yeah. you know, will do that, but... Um, but it was so funny because the houses and like the living situation outside of that um, metaverse, uh, out of, it didn't out, matter. No, yeah, people were living in like closets and like shacks and like the the world was just like in destruction basically. Like it's like it's like, like trees were dead. Like nothing was being farmed anymore because everything was contributing to the metaverse. Yeah. Yeah, and people are literally just like hooked up, and I'm just like, "Is this what Meta's gonna do?" Makes me not want to button my shirt up all the way. I'm getting nervous. I don't know, man, but we got off topic there, but that's okay. You Um, mind if I go to the bathroom real quick? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, you good? So, I would eventually want to open my own practice, you know, Mm. and just really try to instill that, like, you're not gonna keep coming back here. You're gonna take something from here, and you're gonna learn how to take care of yourself. Because that's another thing. I, I, I kind of would leave my physical therapy sometimes just kind of like, wait, so like not knowing, just feeling like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but I don't really know. So I feel like I had to do a lot of my own searching mm. to learn things and to like further aid my physical therapy. So like I want to be able to like be the place where people go for their physical therapy, but they're taking they're taking something with it. You know, and they're going to really learn how to take care of themselves. And they'll be able to pass that information to their family, you know. And because a, a lot of uh, what I've noticed, too, is that everyone has people in their family that some, at some point or another get hurt and their injury might be yeah. affecting them. And a lot of times you don't need to go to the to the physical therapist or the doctor. It's just a matter of knowing what's wrong. The same way people can handle their own car problems. Mm. You know, and then if it's something that's uh, an injury that's persistent, then you... 
you know, then you, you can look for look for like help professional help. Yeah. Um. Well, let's uh, I guess let's wind it down a little bit and talk about like, you know, for you personally, I know you just talked about like your own practice and doing doing like a book, you know, but like. I always ask this question, like, what does success mean to you in general, though? You know, that word. So, success. I would, do, honestly, because I have thought about this, too. Mm. Because it's not about just um, achieving, like, a status in life or, like, money. It's For me, it's never been about money. It's it's always about, you. you in order for there to be success, you have to have goals, mm. right? You have to have things in your life where you look, you're you looking up at it. And you're you, working towards it? You're working towards it. It's kind of like what I was saying about, like, you, you know, you, you work so hard to be running in place. Like, hmm. if you set goals and you achieve those goals and and that goal doesn't do anything for you um, mentally or motivationally, that's hmm. not success. That's running in place. Hmm. I think success, to me, what, it, what success means is, you you set goals for yourself and you achieve those goals under your circumstances you know not under anyone else's circumstances and in turn you get happiness out of that you know if you're not happy with your own uh goal achievements or you're looking for um other people to uh approve your your achievements i don't think you're being successful i think you're just uh progressive you know, where you're just you're just going you're, day to day. You mean? Yeah, you're not you're not really driving towards what what internally you think you might be meant for. I think everyone has like an internal purpose in life, mm. and you know, luckily, I really think I found mine. I think you did too, honestly. Just listening to you talk about it. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's it's it's a blessing because a lot of people just don't, man. A lot of people get they're in a rut for their whole life. Yeah, and and you know unfortunately sometimes that they pass that down to their kids they're you know and it's like generational yeah like, basically like poverty my mom always talks about like um like breaking the chain um mm-hmm. on like so she always told me and my brothers like if there was something about you know, your childhood or or something about the family that like you didn't like and you wanted to change like don't don't pass it on to like the next generation like if you have kids or like family or whatever mm-hmm. like change it you know so the next generation has something better to work with or, or whatnot or work off of yeah or work off of yeah so that's um, great advice yeah she always said just break the chain she's like don't keep the chain going like if yeah and she's like if i did something that you didn't like like whatever whatever it was mm-hmm. like change it you yeah know, me and my brothers you know i don't have kids but like i know my brothers took that to heart you know with their kids yeah they trying to change things like my brothers taught my nephew stuff that we never learned like you know mm-hmm. and just because yeah he wanted to break the chain and i'm and i'm sure uh you know you your parents have given you examples of like things that they didn't have where yeah. they broke the chain yeah, for yeah. you of course you know? Um, and I think that's the case for, for a lot of people. Mm. And it's just a matter of if you're able to take in that information and apply it, yeah. you know, everybody did do this information for everything, especially nowadays. It's too easy to get information. Now. Yeah. And it's, it's just, everywhere. it's a matter of just applying it to your life. That's why I, I'm, I've been pretty bad about it. I got so many books that I've just not touched. Mm. I want to start reading more. And, um, one of the big ones that I think. I really like because, you know, aside from physical therapy, I have a lot of hobbies mm. and a lot of them are like 
kind of creative bound, like um, music for one. Mm. Well, actually, I think that's the main, the main creative one. one is that I love music. I, you know, I'm self-taught on piano, mm. self-taught on guitar. Um, I have music software, you know, like a, I have like a MIDI controller and like people say make beats, you know, but yeah, like yeah. really it is, it's almost like you're drawing, you know, you're putting stuff together, sounds, you're playing with sounds. So I like doing all those things. And I think, um, well, that probably gives relative. you a mental break though too, right? Well, yeah, that, because it's really fun. For you. Yeah. It is, it is a hundred percent, but it's also, it, sh- it showed me like, it gave me so much transparency and like in in the aspects of life in that everything you do there's there's this little thing that and I've, i started reading about it in the book um mm-hmm. everything every aspect of life it's like you're when you're working at it it's like a stream right there's always one current of stream that's yeah. that's coming the opposite way and and uh it's referred to as like uh resistance mm. It's it's more so prevalent in um, creative outlets, but it's prevalent in everything, dude. When it comes to like workout regimens, <clears throat> daily routine, you know, addiction, people trying to battle addiction, hmm. trying to break bad habits, working out, anything that involves trying to get a tight core, <laughs> <laughs> any like yeah, yeah. all all aspects of life. There's this one stream, but it's it's a very. Uh, a very strong stream of resistance mm. where it's that voice in your head that you know you want to go work out and it's like ah tomorrow it's gonna try and stop you and then yeah. it, it has no it has no uh it it's not something that is that you can resonate with it's not something that you can reason with it's mm. not it's not something that is going to ask you how you're feeling today there's always pushback mentally inner inner like an inner Basically, like, you know, the devil on the shoulder and the mm-hmm. the angel on the other. But this is, like, through everything you do, you're going to deal with resistance. It, it's not personal. Everybody has resistance. It's not something that that you, it's, like, it can't be reasoned with. Mm-hmm. There's always that. So if you can conquer the inner resistance, that's the main thing you got to battle in life is yourself. Yeah. It's always the hardest. Yeah. So you, you lose to that resistance every day, you know. It, it can mean a difference in the world. Like, think about it like this. Because <clears throat> I read this in this book, and I, I was like, this is something that I was like, man, like, this is a really good example. Mm-hmm. So, especially with creativity, which, you know, creativity is required in a lot of aspects of life. Yeah. Because even, like, say with you, you might have to talk, you could talk to a, a student that needs help mm-hmm. a, a certain way. But you get to the next student, and it might be like a completely closed book, and you got to be oh, creative yeah. in how you. It it, navigate. it varies from client to client all the time. Literally, resistance is like you you navigate through the hardest part of any aspect in your life through the resistance. That's mm. the water you take. Mm. Is the resistance? That's the path you take, because it's how you battle that resistance. So, the example in the beginning of this book that I'm reading is called. Um, uh, I just drew a blank on it. It's the art, the art of war. So you know, there's the war, of, or no, the war of art. War of art. Okay. Yeah. So you know, the art of war. That's mm-hmm. like one of the top five prison books. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, any any yeah. OG you talk to that comes out of prison, they're gonna tell you about the art, <laughs> the of, art war. of war. <laughs> but the war of art mm. is a different one, and it's it's this book that talks about battling your inner resistance, mm. and it opens with 
um, it's talking about the different forms of resistance and the biggest example of it that they use, which, I mean, you could take it with a grain of salt, but they talk about how Adolf Hitler was a, um, he was a huge, huge fan of art. You know, they actually talk about how he stole. Yeah, he stole a lot. A lot of I think art. There's a that movie was, made on it too now. All of so, all the art he stole. So he was a self-proclaimed artist. Mm-hmm. He went to school to study art. Yeah. You know, he went to. Didn't he, didn't he, he get kicked it. out or something though? Something like that. So but was like, basically, yeah. the guy, the guy that wrote the book, talks about. He said, the one biggest uh, example to wrap up resistance is. Adolf Hitler wanted to be an artist, mm-hmm. and it was easier for him to start World War II than to <laughs> than to work on a blank canvas. Mm. Because have you ever seen a piece of uh, Hitler's art? No, neither have I. Mm. Ah, okay, okay. You see what I mean? Yeah. So they, I mean, you could take that how you want it, but I, yeah. I thought that was a really good little way to put it because it's like, man, this man, it's true, did the most difficult thing, and he couldn't he couldn't make art, man. Like you know he. Maybe he couldn't battle that resistance. Mm-hmm. But actually pushed through it. I, I really believe that that's a big thing in, in everything, man. It's like, you got to, like, even it, it could be anything. It could be, you shut, like, every door you shut, you're, you're shutting off, like, any type of possibility that can, you have no idea how different opportunities can contribute to your life or what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Even if it seems unrelated, I think everything's related. Mm. I think there's, like, synchronicities throughout the universe that, you're supposed to notice like for like i see 717 all the time the numbers that's my birthday like i'm talking like bro at least once a day i'll see 717 and so when i first started seeing that i was like am i about to die or something (laughs) because you know you you get weirded out you get you get weird like that sometimes if you think like everyone has a little thing so i Mm -hmm. was like i always notice i see 717 like throughout my day all the time i always see it and so now, I, I was telling my girlfriend the other day, I was like, you know what? I used to always say, like, I think I'm about to die, mm-hmm. which is a terrible outlook. Yeah, it's a, that's the worst thing you could probably think of. Yeah, yeah. So, so now I literally, and I do the same thing with deja vus. I, every time I see a number or something, a synchronicity where I'm like, whoa, this is weird, mm-hmm. I look at it as an opportunity to like, okay, I see this number, I'm going to be a better version of myself starting mm-hmm. now. So I keep getting these little markers of like, be better, be better, be better. So you kind of reset yourself. Yeah, it's like same same thing with like some people do that with showers. They oh. talk about how a shower is almost like a simulation of a, of like a, a fresh start or like um, a rebirth mm. because you're, you're like washing yourself get, off. Yeah, yeah and you're okay. getting hot water. Like mm. it's like a whole. It's almost like a ritual. They say it's every day you take a shower. Mm. So when you step out of that shower. They, it's almost like a window for you to like step through to be. I'm gonna be better, you mm-hmm. know? like try to be better every single time. I think if you constantly tell yourself that, you will. Your brain listens to you. Oh, definitely, I agree with that. You know, it's like <laughs> golf, bro. We both golf. <laughs> if you step up and you keep, ah, uh, can't hit in that water. Yeah, I don't see that water. You're not yeah. supposed to see that water. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't see the water, you're not gonna hit in it. Or if you say the opposite, I'm gonna hit the water. You usually do. Yeah, if you if you have <laughs> that mindset, do. you know you're gonna probably do it. Yeah, don't hit it left. I'm gonna hit it left most likely. Yeah, because that's your brain. It's like it wants. Not only that, your brain is rebellious. Oh yeah, it, it wants to do whatever you say mm-hmm. you don't want to do. Yeah, and and you always think I always think about it. I don't know who I heard it from, but like your brain is literally the smartest computer on the planet. Yeah, like it's a quantum. I, computer. I know we got crazy computers and crazy technology nowadays. I get it. But yeah, your brain there's it's no the there's, there's no match, man. There's, yeah, there's no match for it. 
It, it controls everything you do. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. has their own perception of reality. Yeah. So, it's and it's how you see it. So, a lot of times when you when you feel like everything's happening to you, and you know you meet those people like it's always me. Of course it's me. It's like yeah, because yeah. you're you're in that mindset that mm-hmm. like of course it's gonna be you when you think it's you. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know. But um, so I mm-hmm. I think that resistance is like one of the biggest things in contributing to your success. And if you're if you're constantly battling that resistance, that's going to drive to your success. I think. Yeah, I I like uh, I like how you went through that. That's um, I think it's a really good point. I never thought of it in that you know uh, perspective, but you know this is this is why I think conversations need to happen between people. Yeah, I think it, I, anybody it's huge. like because you really don't know what a person is thinking until you actually talk to them and have a conversation. Not only that, there's too much of some assuming today. Oh, too dude, much. it's yeah, preconceived notions. Yeah, it's like almost like a new form of like stereotyping. Yeah, there's just there's too much of it, and if you have a conversation with someone who literally you look at and and they have just wild ideas or like wild opinions compared to your own, mm-hmm. like all right, that may be, but like talk to them, like see what see what it's about, like why. Like, why they're thinking that. Like, Even right now. Don't just get crazy. This conversation it. makes me more excited to go to school. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like, no, no. I, I agree with you, man. Like, uh, in, you know, not school, but <laughs> for myself, just listening to you uh, talk about, like, physical therapy. Like, I want to go to the gym now. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I got that perception, like, oh, I need to go today. Because, like, today I wasn't going to go. Now I'm like, damn, maybe I should go. Like, And yeah. now I got the the... Thing in my head about stretching and i'm like man i should probably stretch dude too. and if you <laughs> can stretch. A, one of the uh, even a simpler than stretching like <clears throat> one thing that i literally think can make your life span longer in terms of like just blood mm. flow because you know a lot of stretching is like your blood doesn't circulate yeah. the way it's supposed to um and it's tremendous for your shoulders is hanging just oh grabbing from the like bar. the bar and hanging. you know the average man mm. I've read this. I don't know how true it is. I don't know who's walking around just asking people these <laughs> Stuff. questions yeah, when, yeah. when you get these stats. Mm-hmm. But it's like the average man can only hang from a bar for like 30 seconds. Really? Wow. And dude, you'd be surprised when you tell people to just grab the bar and just hang there. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds is a long time sometimes. Oh, definitely. That's like, um, well, for anybody that's on a treadmill, like, dude, a minute is so long. Brutal. It's brutal, yeah. 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 I use like a Stairmaster and like a minute has only dude, gone by. Like, seriously? <laughs> Treadmills is one of these. Stairmaster, dude, yeah. that, for one, I'm a huge supporter in Stairmasters. No, yeah, I love Stairmasters. I, that's my cardio. I don't do treadmills in the gym. I just use a Stairmaster. Yeah. And yeah, one minute, I'm like, seriously? That's it? Yeah. I feel like I've been on this thing for like 10 minutes. I think any person, any, any person that just doesn't have an ass... Should just jump on a stairmaster, dude, because that is the yeah. ass builder. Mm. It's just straight. Anytime you're climbing yeah. or going incline, like your ass has to get you up there. <laughs> That's why you see people with no ass. Like, how do you get up a staircase? Oh god, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, probably, probably not as easy as everyone else with an ass, I guess. Yeah, it's just, probably yeah. not, bro. Probably not. <laughs> Oh, they can probably run downhill real fast, though. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Oh man. Well, um, I think that's a pretty good place to end with yeah, your resistance man. and funny jokes about people with no ass. But hey, <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. Um, yeah, well, everyone man. go battle that resistance. I'm not even playing. I think that's huge. There you I go. Think it's a big thing. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see you back here. I think in the future, see where oh, you're yeah. at. Um, especially if you got your practice going, man. That'd be awesome. I would love that. But, oh, yeah, me too. 
But uh, well, also, well, I'll see you tomorrow. We're going golfing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're gonna cool. go golfing tomorrow. It's so <laughs> cool, good man. Time. Um, but uh, I want to thank you for coming on. Finally got it set up. Yes, sir. I and, had a great time, man. Yeah, man. Me, me too. That was uh, blown away. Honestly, you, <laughs> I thought you were already like in physical therapy, and you knew a lot about it. With now, oh, I'm it. I'm very excited to so do it's crazy. it. I'm super super pumped. Well, I'm excited for you too, man. That'll be cool. San Diego physical therapy. It's cool. Yeah, that's the that's the. Hopefully, that we get it done. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for coming in. Um, And remember, guys, that life is an adventure, so make sure you live it on your own terms. We'll see you next episode. Yeah. You've been listening to Your Adventure Podcast with Dustin Emery. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this podcast. And we hope that you've been truly inspired and motivated. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at Your Adventure Podcast. Until next time, this is Your Adventure Podcast signing off.